Hello, you're listening to Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. This is Jacques Hebert. Did you miss me, Jacques? You know, Simone, I always miss you, <laughs> uh, but I'm glad to have you back. How's I'm, it going this week? I need another vacation. Yeah, well, I, I, I might be going on vacation next Can week. Can I come? So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, we had a great trip. I'm sorry I missed the show. You had a great show. It was a really great and informative show. I was so thankful to our guests to be on. Of course, it was the first day of the Atlantic hurricane season, and we were talking both hurricane storm predictions for the season as well as preparedness. Um, so I was grateful to have Alec Krautman, who is with NOAA's National Weather Service right here in Louisiana, and Mike Steele with the Governor's Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness, or GOSEP. And I just really want to reiterate the sources that we mentioned on the show last week because it's important people use them now. Um, as Mike said, you know, we need to prepare year-round um, for disasters as we've learned too much. Um, and now's the time to prepare, not when uh, a storm is in the Gulf. So the first resource is getagameplan.org. Go to that site. It has a ton of resources and information for you and your family to be able to prepare to you know, build your own plan for your family, for your business, and learn what resources are available to you this hurricane season. Again, we've been lucky, but um, we always have to be prepared. Yeah, definitely. It, it seems like we might never forget, right? But then as each year passes... You just get to be a little more casual about it. And, and so I know sometimes people are turned off by a false alarm, but we would rather be prepared and, and take all the necessary actions. So that's great. I think that's great. It's, it's always a nice reminder. I love the idea of like a structure of helping people get a plan together. Um, you know, I'm sure we talked about pets and things like that. You know, the, a lot of times that's one thing that people were holding back about. So. Yeah, I mean, there we did talk about that. And, you know, another thing that Mike brought up was just how many new people have moved to the New Orleans area since good point. Katrina. Right? Very good point. And they really haven't gone through a big storm or... You know, they maybe had to evacuate for, you know, Isaac, but people need to know like that this is an ongoing threat and have a plan. And as for pets, you know, that was a, a devastating thing we saw in Katrina, right? How many people stayed back because they couldn't take their pets with them or how many people were separated from their pets? And Mike gave a great update on, you know, what's been done since Katrina to make sure people can evacuate with their pets, that shelters are taking pets, hotels are taking pets. And there's resources on there that on their site, getagameplan.org that you can go to um, and understand that, you know, having a pet, you know, they're a member of your family, but, you know, you need to evacuate with them. Don't stay back. Right. Absolutely. And, and the good news is, is that while it's a great reminder for the first of hurricane season, things like our podcast live on. Right. And, and so we also need to do our own part all during the hurricane season and be able to share that information and to remind people it's better to be prepared than than to get caught off guard. I've met Alec before um, at the Tulane Engineering Forum, and I had the pleasure of going after him. He is a wonderful numbers guy, data guy, and he was talking about um, the floods last year, uh, I think it was May and August, if we even forget that there were two floods from just rainfall. And uh, he had some incredible numbers to share. And, and he just said, Oh, I just like looked this up for fun, right? So <laughs> but it's amazing um, that when you look historically back at things like that, and you can compare things. So it's so nice to have somebody like Alec, he's a St. Louis guy, right? We just 
dragged him down the river. <laughs> yeah, and now he's he's at Paste and Slidell working on this day in and day out. And, you know, the resource there for you to track your weather on a daily basis, but then also, of course, any tropical activity is weather.gov slash LIX. And that will take you right to our Louisiana kind of weather uh, forecasting. And, you know, he did comment on just how... Um, you know, of an active year it's been for weather right. in Louisiana. And we've seen that so, you know, much, which just reinforces that point that you just need to be prepared, have your emergency kit stocked and, you know, have family members who can, you know, are ready to help you if you need to evacuate or even things like um, taking copies of your birth certificates right. and important right. documents and maybe uploading them to somewhere like Dropbox or saving them yeah. with the family emailing number. them to yourself yeah, exactly. right yeah that that is a, a great great reminder you probably didn't know but I, I wanted to be a meteorologist weather girl at one point in my life and then I figured out that was like a whole lot of math and numbers and science yeah S- Simone you would have been a great meteorologist no you know, no, I, no no I can just see now no. in front of the green screen <laughs> uh, but to, to kind of reiterate a point you just brought up um, you know we see more and more severe weather activities and like you said you know active hurricane seasons but also the floods and you know more extreme weather events and we've seen you know studies come out where that is becoming more common these extreme weather events so it's always nice to have that conversation before rather than after so um so also while i was gone you did all these things without me it's like you didn't even need me to be here but um kind of passed the master plan yes i mean maybe you should go out of town more i know often. that's what i'm thinking my work here was done and so uh we did get the good news that the master plan passed so that's great yeah it was a unanimous vote in the house um and you know, it, it passed all of the committees, passed the Senate, of course. Um, I know, you know, the folks at the Coastal Protection and Restoration Authority are probably really pleased after, I mean, years of hard work yeah. on this master plan that had so much input from the public, from um, other stakeholders. And as a reminder, this is the 2017 Coastal Master Plan. So this is the state's plan for addressing land loss, helping, uh, you know, protect communities, protect industry through a mix of restoration and what we call risk reduction projects. So it's a huge accomplishment for the state. It really is a model for so many places around the world of how to deal with these threats. Um, and so they deserve a huge kudos. Definitely. Um, so what happens they're not, now? They're, yeah, they're not out the woods yet. They have a couple more bills. Um, and hopefully we can have like a legislative wrap up in the future. But there's a couple of other bills that affect coastal restoration that are happening right now in the in the um in uh, the legislature, right? There's also some things happening on the federal level that we'll talk about in just a second. But um, one thing that we've talked about before um, when we had Andrea on was that the CPRA has this amazing tool called the Flood Risk and Resiliency Viewer. So if you're curious about what the Coastal Master Plan is, if you've heard us talk about it before, or you just want to find out more about where you live and what risk you have, or what's even what solutions are being planned for your area, go to coastal.la.gov and it's on their homepage. You can literally enter in an address on, it looks like a Google Maps type interface and it brings, it zeroes in on that particular address and it tells you your flood risk now and into the future based on different environmental scenarios, a future without any projects. Um, But it also tells you some of the master plan projects being built for this area. And that includes the 2017 data. So it is 
is up to date. It is very current. If you don't want to look that closely into your own neighborhood or into your own backyard, you can also pull out and look at a coastwide view. So I cannot reiterate what an amazing tool it is. It's always available online at coastal.la.gov. So if you're ever curious about that, or even if your kindergartner needs to do a project or, you know, they have tons of information there. So I mentioned federal legislation. So that was the one of the bad things that happened while I was gone. Yeah, we discussed this, um, you know, in a prior episode, but um, the current, uh, you know, White House budget um, would basically, you know, get rid of the Gulf of Mexico Energy Security Act, which is a significant source of consistent revenue that Louisiana voters constitutionally protected to go to coastal restoration protection and infrastructure activities. Yeah, we talked about this before, not the first time an administration has threatened to take that away from us. Um, And we're we're seeing the same type of reaction from our delegation, which is really great. The Louisiana delegation has has been very, very strong in the issue. As a matter of fact, uh, Congressman Scalise even penned an op-ed talking about that um, that, uh, you know, over the past few years, there's been several attempts to take this revenue away from Louisiana and other energy producing states. But make no mistake, like in previous years, I will not allow this critical coastal restoration money to be raided. It's too important to Louisiana's future and is vital to our coastal restoration efforts. This isn't a partisan issue and we enjoy strong bipartisan support in protecting these funds for Louisiana and other Gulf Coast states. Some strong words and really important message um, in the Times speaking from Representative Scalise. And you can go online to MississippiRiverDelta.org slash take action to actually, you know, vocalize your support for GoMesa and send it to your um, representative and members of Congress. Um, so please do that. And, you know, we're about to head into a break, but we've got some great guests Yay. and partners on the show yeah, today. So, two of my favorite partners that we work with. Uh, so we'll come back with you after the break. You're listening to Delta Dispatches on 990 Hi, I'm Don Cheadle. Listen up. I want to talk to you about something important, the Environmental Defense Fund. EDF isn't like some of the other environmental groups. EDF works together with those on both sides of the issue. Despite all the fighting in Washington, EDF has found ways for both parties to support real progress. That has made our air and water cleaner and the products in our homes safer. So not only can our planet prosper, so can our future. Go to edf.org to see how you can help. At Audubon, we believe that where birds thrive, people prosper. Nowhere is that more evident than in Louisiana. Integrating science, education, and policy, Audubon, Louisiana's mission is to conserve and restore natural ecosystems, focusing on birds, other wildlife, and their habitats for the benefit of humanity and the Earth's biological diversity. Visit la.audubon.org to learn more and support our mission. la.audubon.org. Restore a Retreat is a coastal nonprofit organization working in the heart of the Barataria and Terrebonne Basins, from the Mississippi River to the Atchafalaya. We work every day to restore Louisiana's coast community and culture with our mission of implementing long-term and large-scale projects for our irreplaceable region. We'll hope you join us in supporting the solution. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and online at www.restoreorretreat.org.
Welcome back. You're listening to Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. Um, we're really excited to have two great people on the show today. They're with an organization that has been an immense help and partner to Simone and myself as we try to raise awareness to go um, to Louisiana's land loss crisis, what's going on and what needs to be done to fix it. They are with South Wings, which is an organization that helps get people up in the air. There's no better way to really see what's happening um, in Louisiana than through flyovers of the coast. And they have been so gracious and generous in offering their time and resources to help us do that with policymakers, with journalists and others. So we're excited to have them on, talk a little bit about you know their organization and what motivates them to do this work. Yeah, I hadn't uh, actually heard of South Wings until maybe about a year or more or so ago, and now they're probably sorry that I've heard from them because I've asked I have asked them for a lot of favors and a lot of help over time. But it's really amazing, and Jacques and I are excited to get the word out about uh, about their work and and what they do. But more importantly, we want to introduce some of the people that do that work. So Meredith Dowling, the Associate Executive Director. Um, since 2012, Meredith has led South Wings' work to protect and restore the ecosystems of the Gulf Coast, focusing in particular on the Mississippi River Delta. I think she's a New Orleans native, or she's a New Orleans resident now, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So we'll, we'll adopt her, right? <laughs> so you were with South Wings before. You were hired. Uh, you were an operations assistant. And then you did some Appalachia work. And then you went to grad school for a little while, right? And then it sucked you back in. <laughs> sucked you back in. But since September of 2016, you've been the Associate Executive Director. Welcome, Meredith. Thank you so much for having me. We'll uh, talk about our other guests right now, and then we'll get back to tag teaming with both of you guys. Yeah, and we're also excited to have on Emmett Bartholomew. I've had the pleasure of being on several flights over coastal Louisiana with Emmett Bartholomew. And not only is he an amazing pilot, but he's quite the the fun uh, guide for these flights. And so Emmett is the Gulf Region Volunteer Pilot Recruiter for South Wings. He's, and in addition to being a volunteer pilot, he's a lifelong resident of Southeastern Louisiana. He joined South Wings in 2014. Um, and, you know, in addition to flying with South Wings, he is also an airline pilot, um, assistant chief pilot with a flight school and captain mission pilot and safety officer with U.S. Air Force Civil Air Patrol. Welcome to the show, Emmett. Thanks so much, Chuck. Appreciate it. Meredith, why don't you start off by telling us just about South Wings. Tell us about your mission. How did it get started? Give us some details. Sure. Um, so I guess just to get started, South Wings was founded in 1996. Um, uh, we're currently headquartered in Asheville, North Carolina, uh, and we've got an office here in New Orleans, as you mentioned. Um, so we have been here since 2012. Um, and since then, our local volunteer pilots have taken more than 200 flights uh, in coastal Louisiana. And Emmett, um, as you mentioned, also is one of those volunteers. Um, so I'm really glad to have him here with us today to, to talk about his role in this work, because that's really the heart and soul of what we do. Um, we're a volunteer pilot organization, um, and we exist to support the environmental movement, to provide the tool of flight, to, to make the work that you guys do and so many um, other partners um, around here to make that possible. Right. And, you know, we have appreciate that so much and have definitely, you know, relied on your resources and your time to get national journalists and policymakers and others up in the air to see what's going on. And there's no better way to do that. I wish we could do it for more people. So, um, Meredith, can you talk a little bit about why, as an organization, you all are prioritizing Southern Louisiana? Absolutely. Um, I think as you all have probably seen, when we're living in a time of rising sea levels, there's a lot here um, that is of interest to the whole country. 
uh, we've we've got to figure out how uh, to solve these issues and how to, to keep living in the coast um, and the coastal master plan, which we've just gotten passed here. That was incredible news. So that's really a huge uh, benefit for all of us. Um, and it's really important to have that plan for how we're going to be moving forward. Um, so I think, you know, it's a nationally important ecosystem. I mean, we could talk about all of the statistics. I mean, everyone knows how important this coast is to our country. Um, and then also, I think the threat is something that more and more people are understanding. But uh, that's really our role here is, is to help people understand both the threats that we're facing from coastal land loss and also some of the solutions and the scale of those issues. I think it's something that uh, the tool of flight really lends itself especially well. So tell us about some of the people you take up in the air. I mean, I know from personal experience, some of the people that we do, but in general, Meredith, do you take people that are familiar with the coast? I almost always found that when, when we take people up, even people familiar with the coast are surprised to see that bird's eye view and the perspective that South Wings is able to offer. So tell us what types of people do you take up? Absolutely. So there's a huge range of people. I think, um, you know, everyone from local advocates who lived here all their lives, who have who have been doing this work forever and who are really familiar with these issues, you know, on the ground. I think, you know, as you're suggesting, even those folks, when they fly above it, it can just be really shocking to see the scale of the problem that we're dealing with. Um, I know for myself personally, that was really um just an incredible experience the first time I flew here. Um, I had learned about these issues in grad school. You know, I could quote many of the statistics that I'm sure you guys know so well about, you know, how many football fields of land we're losing. Um, you know, what is it, more than one an hour? Uh, so those are the kind of things I understood in theory. But when you see this with your own eyes, I think it really changes things. But so, you know, that's something we try to make available to a huge range of people. Um, so I think, as you've mentioned, policymakers who are thinking about these issues. Um, so we've flown with uh, local parish presidents. We've flown with state legislators. We've flown with uh, even a sitting uh, U.S. senator. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> right. That was really exciting. Yeah, that was uh, pretty recent. But I think because this ecosystem is so important to the nation, it, it attracts a huge range of people. We've flown with, you know, of course, all the local media who are covering these issues, um, but also um, plenty of national and, and international media as well. Um, this ecosystem just, you know, is really important on a global scale um, as well as a national scale. Yeah, for the example of the, the U.S. Senator that, that recently flew with you guys, you know, we had a very limited amount of time and we wanted to talk about this issue. She was deeply interested in water management issues, even though she hails from a state that you maybe wouldn't think that. But th it was a perfect snapshot for us to be able to showcase the issue to be able to talk about it but then as we usually do also try to frame up some of the solutions that we have uh we've we've of course been with with state delegation folks um that were important uh, one that carried them the you know that helped carry the master plan through some of the committees and shepherd it that way and so it's this amazing point of view that um that people don't always have and it, it's been very important for us to offer Jacques, i know you've taken some press up there international national press too. Yeah, I mean, we've had, of course, you know, like, as you mentioned, local journalists, but during the Katrina 10th anniversary, I mean, there was such an influx of, of media from all over the world who really wanted to know how is Louisiana doing 10 years later? How is, how has the region recovered from uh, this terrible storm? And we were able to highlight both the progress as well as the need 
for more work thanks to you know the help from south wings and getting people up in the air so i know that was kind of a crazy time for so many people here in new orleans but meredith how was that for you all kind of going through the 10th anniversary and just having that influx of people who were so eager to kind of get up and see what was going on well i mean as you said that of course is a very hard time for everyone here um you know and speaking as someone who did not live through that experience um i can only say that i was just glad to have the opportunity to help us figure out how to move forward, um, you know, at least from from the wetlands uh, side of things. You know, the, the wetlands, I'm sure, as you, as you talk about so often, are really um, that first line of defense that we have. Um, so that was really a moment, I think, where everyone was trying to get a grasp on, um, you know, what, what have we done so far? What do we still need to do? You know, and I think wetland restoration is a huge part of that. Um, and that's something that's really hard to wrap your mind around until you fly over it, until you see it from the air and you can really see the scale of the problem and also the scale of all the restoration solutions. Um, you know, and I think, as you mentioned, Simone, that's something that we can show people, you know, in a quick hour, maybe two hours, something that could otherwise just take them, you know, weeks or months to try to really grasp, you know, what what's the scale of this issue that we're dealing with. All right, you see the maps, you see the models, but until you get up and actually see it in real life, um, you know, it's hard to really understand the the scale and the scope. So Meredith, we're going to talk a little bit more with uh, with you and Emmett when we come back from break. But for now, where can people go to learn more about South Wings, support, donate to South Wings um, if they're a pilot, volunteer? So uh, our website, southwings.org, is a great place to get started. Um, anyone out there who's listening who is a pilot, who's interested in the environment here in coastal Louisiana, we would love your help. Um, so that website's another good place to get started. And Emmett Bartholomew, who we'll speak with you in a second, is a great person to talk to. Great. We'll be right back. This is Delta Dispatches. Welcome back to Delta Dispatches. This is the Moma Laws with Restore Retreat. We're here every Thursday at 990 on 990 WGSO and online through our new podcast. But we are here with Emmett Bartholomew, who's a volunteer pilot and also a recruiter, right? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. I should me. not have done that in front of the stand-up comedian, correct? <laughs> not on my repertoire today, so. Uh, Emmett also has jokes when you fly with him and some nervous passengers might not always appreciate that, but it is always an icebreaker for sure. So welcome to the show, Emmett. I'm so glad to have you with us. You know, we were just talking about some things during during the break. And, um, you know, Emmett, with all of your experience, what's the number one question, thought, reaction that you get from passengers when you do these flyovers from the coast? Well, the very first question is, how long have I been flying? That's, that's the first one they, like to well, they want to see your driver's license? Uh, yeah, requested for the driver's license, yes. And I think, wow, you really don't have a lot of uh, requirements for your pilot, do you? Um, I think, um, you know, once uh, you know, we're flying, one of the big questions is, you know, how... Uh, I've seen the changes in the environment, you know, over the time that I have been flying. And there have been uh, a great deal of changes in, in just the, the time that I have been a pilot. Um, my, um, my experience now, I've been flying for uh, right at a decade. Actually, this November will make, one, uh, will make 10 years since I have uh, gotten my pilot's license. And uh, right after my pilot's license, uh, one of the big things I wanted to do was to fly down to the mouth of the Mississippi River and see it from the air in 2,000 feet. Uh, beautiful crystal clear day and I flew down there and uh, you know saw all of the, the beauty of all of the passes and the shipping and everything uh, and then when I did a 180 degree turn and looked back toward the city I could see the city and it was right there in clear sight and I had a perfect view to what 
was between the city and the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, and to see the damaged uh, wetland areas uh, and to see how close the city was to the uh, Gulf really gave me a whole different meaning to, to what we live with here in, uh, in South Louisiana. Uh, my thought right there was that if everyone in the city of New Orleans saw what I was seeing at that very moment, everything would change overnight. There would be protests, there would be people screaming and hollering, everyone would be on the telephone. Uh, this would be like the number one news story. But when you see it through pictures or video, it doesn't do it justice, it never will. You know, the first time I went to Colorado, I came back home, oh, look at these pictures, these are beautiful. Oh, well, what is that? Uh, well, it doesn't look the same. And, and it's the same thing in flying people over these areas. Uh, you know, I think that that's where the rubber truly meets the road, is that when you're there and you see it firsthand, and you know that this is your backyard, and it's all that you have between you and the mighty Gulf of Mexico. That is really a, a, an epiphany moment. It's a scary moment. Uh, and so that sort of changed my whole mindset. And I mean, I mean, in that time, since you had that realization, I mean, you've obviously been flying over the area pretty regularly, you know, and you, you see a lot more than most people will ever have an opportunity to see in both restored barrier islands, you know, degraded marshes, sites for like future massive restoration projects. I mean, have you seen change, um, either positive or negative, in that time since you've been flying and since you had that epiphany? Right. I have seen change uh, both ways, both positive and negative. Um, most of the change that I, I've taken more note of has been since I have been flying with South Wings for the last two years. Uh, now being more aware of a lot of the troubled areas and a lot of the restoration projects that are underway. So clearly, you know, some of the positive change are in those projects. Uh, some of the, the barrier islands that have been built up now, um, a lot of the uh, terraces that have been built to protect the environment, you know, those are showing, you know, very positive signs. Uh, on the flip side of that coin, the negative side, I think, unfortunately, is outweighing the positive because it, we are fighting a losing battle. Uh, from the time that I've been flying and have been going down there, there's been a, a huge difference in the amount of land loss that has occurred. Uh, you know, clearly every time we have a storm, we lose an, an exponential amount. Uh, when, you know, just a regular day, you know, today, the, the wind's blowing a little stronger, we're gonna be losing probably more than a football field per hour of our wetlands. Uh, and so, you know, that just adds up very quickly. We need to add more than a football field per hour. And unfortunately, that's not happening. Right. I mean, it's such an important reminder that, you know, we really can't apply Band-Aids to the situation. You know, we need kind of lo massive, large scale restoration projects, projects like that are in the Coastal Master Plan and others that utilize the resources we have um, to combat this problem. So, you know, in terms of your kind of personal epiphany and your experience flying, what kind of first got you connected with South Wings to being kind of a, a volunteer pilot with South Wings and also wor hope working to recruit other pilots to kind of do what you're doing? Um, well, I guess from my standpoint with aviation, as with many pilots, you know, we have a passion for a lot of things, one of which would be airplanes and the, the magic of, of being able to fly. Uh, I think a lot of pilots uh, just love the, the view out the window. Uh, you know, that, that's, that's one of the big perks of the job. Um, for me, seeing the need in Louisiana, knowing this is my home and this is where I, I'm from, wanting to make a difference, I think, was the first big step. And then being able to pair my aviation uh, passion and, and, and experience with an incredibly good cause, such as what South Wings does, it was really a perfect marriage for me. Uh, I originally found out about the organization. Uh, at the time, I was uh, still a little underqualified for what you know, we were looking for as far as for volunteer pilots. 
But the moment that I reached that level, uh, I made contact with them, got involved, learned more about the organization. And at that point, I just realized that you know this is, this is so important and it's such a great way for me to pair what I can do to help bring people to see such important causes here in Louisiana. So Emmett, I mean, these pilots, they don't have to be coastal experts, right? You, you train them. You know, I know that y'all have a, a program where y'all kind of partner together. You, you let somebody try it out to see, if, you know, they maybe go on a flight with you to see, you know, if it might be something that they're interested in. So maybe just even talk about the process a little bit so that they're, you know, they may be willing to take that first step. Right, absolutely. Uh, we're not looking for you know a pilot to be a coastal expert or, or borderline scientist or something. Uh, what we need, and it, it's just someone who has a passion for aviation and a passion for loving their environment and wanting to make that difference. Uh, you know, I think that that's really the only qualifications that are needed. Uh, outside of that, uh, we would take a pilot. We would not only train them in what we do, but they would start learning more and more of the environment. And uh, eventually I found myself helping uh, with the tours, helping the guides that we brought on the airplane to point things out to people. And I have learned an incredible amount just from the amount of flights that I've done helping with the, uh, the environmental efforts here in Louisiana. So if somebody's listening right now, Emmett, what do they need to do? Uh, well, if uh, they're a pilot and they want to help make a difference with this organization and, and with all of our wonderful causes, um, I would say all they have to do is go to southwings.org. Uh, all the information is there for making contact with us. Uh, from that point, if they're in Louisiana here, they would most likely be directed to me so that then I can meet with them, give them many more specifics, uh, discuss the flying profiles of what we, we do and how we do it, how we keep our flights incredibly safe and very accommodating to the passengers. Uh, and I would also express to them the, the rewarding experience that every flight is. Every time I've, I have flown a Southwings flight, I feel that I have gotten so much more from it personally than what I have done and given. Uh, it's been an incredibly rewarding experience. The people I have met, uh, the, the, the things that they have then done to champion our causes uh, in all different levels of government and community and, and through social media, uh, it's amazing to see the little seed that I planted and how it sprouts and does such incredible things after the fact. Yeah, we did a flyover. I think in December it was it was one of the most beautiful days all year. We did a flyover. We tried a new route where we flew out of New Orleans Airport, but we flew down to Galliano and then we flew down uh we flew out to Wax Lake and so the passengers, which were state representatives and senators, important chairs of, of committees, they got to see the extremes, right? The beautiful Wax Lake Delta building, but then just miles away, the deter deteriorating Terrebonne Basin. And so for them to see that, and it was really important, I think impactful for that day. But um, we were in, um, in the legislative session listening to the master plan. This was maybe just a couple weeks ago. And uh, Senator Norby Schaber, who's really important to the master plan process, Process, mentioned that flyover by name and and said it was really important that people got that perspective. He thanked us and thanked you guys for allowing that. And so even months later, and, and something so critical to what we do for him to have mentioned the importance of that flyover, and Senator Chabier grew up in, in Chauvin and he's a Louisiana native. So that made a real difference. Um, it made, made a real impact for us. So thank you both for being on. Yeah, and we have a few more questions, so we'll stick around uh, for after the break, and we'll get to those questions. You're listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990 AM.
Welcome back to Delta Dispatches. This is Samoma Laws. We're entering into our fourth and final segment with Meredith Dowling and Emmett Bartholomew of South Wings, a great partner organization of both the Restore Mississippi River Delta Coalition and Restore Retreat. Thank you guys for being on. I've missed this part, so thank you, Jacques, for letting me do this. It's the time for the fun question of the day. Um, so being being piloty flying people if you could fly anywhere in the world where would you go right now this afternoon to have a drink oh so meredith moves the mic my direction <laughs> so if i could fly anywhere in the world to have a cocktail to have a cocktail okay all right uh <laughs> let's see um i would probably want to go to cuba right now i think that that would just be a unique experience and uh someplace that's not too far away but just, just right around the corner, one of our neighbors, and to, to really experience an incredible culture. I have no idea what sort of drinks I have. <laughs> Hopefully, I wouldn't order a drink and they hand me a cigar. I wouldn't know what to do. We'll have to <laughs> they sit. probably have fruity stuff. It doesn't matter, right? Fruity, <laughs> fruity is international. Meredith, and I do love she's flying. had you had longer time to think about this. So, what's your answer? So, I think I would uh, just fly around with Emmett here in this beautiful Delta, park it, and then go straight to my favorite bar in New Orleans because nobody does it quite like New Orleans. Um, so I would head straight to Cure and have a Sazerac. There you go. You're a local girl already. <laughs> Don't want to go anywhere but home. Yeah. Well, you know, thank you again both so much for being on. But I just want to kind of reiterate if there are any pilots out there listening who want to get involved, let's give them some more information um, so that they know what they can do. They can get in touch with you, Emmett. And who, hopefully one day they can be up in the air is like showing people both the need for restoration and, you know, what needs to be done. So let's, Emma, tell us a little bit more about what volunteer pilots um, can do through South Wings and how they do it. Okay, so uh, I think our, our volunteer pilots, first off, every one of them that we have are just incredible. Uh, they come into the organization. They, they're just excellent airmen. They, they have such a positive, excellent attitude. They work so well with all of our partners. Uh, they have a passion for flying. They have a passion for showing people everything from the air and showing them the airplane and, and going through all of the, the safety practices uh, and just really sharing their, their aviation enthusiasm with everyone. So, so that's what they really possess. Uh, the, the, our main requirement is just that a pilot have access, own, own or have access to an airplane, uh, and that they would have at least a minimum of 750 piloting command hours. Uh, and the reason for that is that we do want to have a, a decent level of experience so that as they fly passengers, they're not feeling like they're in over their head. You know, they're very comfortable with the airplane, what the mission is, how to work with passengers, uh, some adverse weather sometimes when, you know, weather kicks up sometimes, we don't know what it's going to be. It looks like it's going to be beautiful, and it, but then it's not, uh, and how to best deal with some of those situations. And that experience level, we found, is really a magic number that works in everyone's favor. Um, and so that, that's really our main requirements. Uh, that's it. Uh, outside of that, just having an open heart and wanting to come in and to learn. Uh, I would, and other pilots in South Wings, would work very closely with them to bring them up to speed on, on how our flights are, the profiles, how to plan the flights, uh, and work with the passengers. Um, and outside of that, uh, they would be able to then experience uh, all of this and learn so much more about uh, you know their backyard here in Louisiana. So southwings.org, and then they can also email you, correct? Yes, they, they're very uh, welcome to email me directly. Uh, my, my email address is emmett at southwings.org. It's E-M-M-E-T and uh, at southwings.org. 
That's Emmett with one T. Well, thank you guys so much for being on. Um, we really appreciate it. Um, one last question for you, Meredith. Um, what are some exciting flyovers or events that you'll have uh, in the hopper? Well, I guess thinking about what we're working on with folks in your coalition, uh, we've got some very cool flights planned uh, with community leaders who've been active uh, in the LA Safe program that's going on. So we're really excited to, to get those planned. I think Emmett will be taking uh, at least the first of those flights. Uh, but that's a really good opportunity to help people learn about the coastal master plan so that they can advocate for themselves in this process and make sure that as we're moving forward uh, here on the coast, trying to figure out how we can all make this a place where future generations can keep living, that the people get to have a voice in that. I think that's really important um, that, that citizens get to engage and have those tools and, and know how to engage and where to engage. I think that's important for all of us. Yeah, certainly. We've had some LA Safe um, leaders on the program previously, and LA Safe's hosting their second round of community meetings over these past couple weeks. And so uh, they're hosting those meetings in Jefferson, Terrebonne, Lafouche, St. Tammany, Plaquemines, and St. John. You can find out more information about those meetings uh, because they'll come back again. Uh, this is a, a process that we have to follow. Uh, their website is lasafe.la.gov. And so that's a great tie-in to our work and and something else that we're working on. So we cannot thank you both enough for being on here with us. Uh, we look forward to having you again. And Jacques and I definitely look forward to that Cuban cocktail. Yes, definitely. So uh, we just want to uh, finish out talking about some things that we have on deck. Right. Um, well, so we've got uh, some events coming up. You mentioned the LA Safe meeting. So definitely if you're in one of those parishes, again, they're Jefferson, Lafouche, Terrebonne, St. Tammany, Plaquemines, St. John the Baptist. Go to lasafe.la.gov to learn more. Um, our partners, uh, you know, South Wings operates out of the Lakefront Airport. Which it's so beautiful, by the way. Beautiful we didn't even talk about that. Place. I highly recommend you go spend a day and out there. fried chicken on Tuesdays. Messina's on the so, runway. Yeah, so strange. Emmett always plans flights for Tuesdays. That's when must be his day off from his, his commercial gig. Fried Chicken Tuesdays. And it's also <laughs> just a beautiful architectural it is. It is. You know, treasure here in New Orleans. And they restored it after Katrina. So it's, you know, kind of not a place people go to often, but highly it's recommend so nice. it. Yeah, it's worth the trip out there. But our friends at Lake Pontchartrain Basin Foundation, uh, speaking of the lake, they're doing a lakefront history trolley tour and social. They've been doing some really cool things lately at LPBF. Yeah, this is this Friday um, from 5 to 8 p.m., and it's at the New Canal Lighthouse Museum and Education Center. And that's 8001 Lakeshore Drive right there, kind of on Lakeshore Drive. It's the, the New Canal Lighthouse that was rebuilt after Katrina. They do so many great events out there. Um, and it's you can go and tour the lighthouse um, during their operating hours. So definitely check it out. You can go to saveourlake.org. Um, to learn more, and hopefully we'll see you there Friday night. Yeah, that sounds cool. It's a, a trolley car ride, and you get to learn more about Lake Pontchartrain and Lakefront. Should be about half an hour, so you can probably catch a beautiful sunset on the lake. Yep. And then, um, so our coalition, Restore the Mississippi River Delta, is partnering with the Southern Food and Beverage Museum. We're having an event on Tuesday, June 20th, from 4.30 to 6.30 p.m., and that is at 1504 Aretha Castle Haley Boulevard. And we're actually going to be partnering with some chefs um, to do a best of bycatch cook-off. So, you know, a lot of the um, species that may not be native to Louisiana, how can we use more of them um, so that, you know, we're maybe getting them out of the waters and onto your plate. So it should be an interesting event. Your, your question, fun question for the day, Jacques, what's your favorite bycatch? 
I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, you put me on the spot there. I think they're going to be uh, cooking Asian carp. So I guess oh, I'll have to try that yeah. and see whether well, it is my We favorite. had an Asian carp experience when we were on the boat one time. We had some um, we had some folks out in an airboat out in Davis Pond and, and got hit by an Asian carp. So, yeah. so it's free, public, educational events. Where's it at, Chuck? Again, it's um, at the Southern Food and Beverage Museum. And that is 1504 Aretha Castle Haley Boulevard in New Orleans, Tuesday, June 20th, 4.30 to 6.30 p.m. So free, but an RSVP is required. Yeah, and you can go on our Facebook to get more on RSVP. Well, we're coming to a close of another show. It's been great to have you back, Simone. Um, and, you know, there's Glad still a lot of opportunities, um, obviously, to get involved now that the master plan's passed. We're really pushing kind of um, protecting the funding, as we mentioned, for the Gulf of Mexico Energy Security Act. You can go on our website, MississippiRiverDelta.org slash get um, slash take action um, to fill out one of those action alerts. And it'll go to your member of Congress asking them to protect the funding for here in Louisiana. Yeah, that is it's such a great tool and an easy tool for people who want to do something, but maybe don't know exactly how to get there. Uh, that the can make makes it so easy to, for people to be able to take action. Jacques, if you missed us during the week, you know, if you miss, miss the sweet sound of our voice, where can you listen to us? You can go to MississippiRiverDelta.org slash Delta Dispatches. There's all of our episodes there. So if you're just tuning in and you want to, you know, catch prior episodes or, you know, make sure to subscribe to get future ones. Uh, it's all one-stop shop. MississippiRiverDelta.org slash Delta Dispatches. Great. All right. So we'll be back next week. All right. Well, thanks so much. And I hope everyone has a great weekend.